Hello and welcome to the Aviva podcast. My name is Ben Moss. Now, in January 2020, we started to hear news reports like this. Chinese authorities have launched an investigation into a mysterious viral pneumonia, which has infected dozens of people in the central city of Wuhan. A total of 44 cases have been confirmed so far, 11 of which are considered severe. The outbreak has prompted Singapore and Hong Kong to bring in screening processes for travellers from the city. At the time, it felt like a small problem in a place pretty far away. I mean, how wrong could we be? Now, at the time of recording this podcast, the UK is in lockdown again with schools, shops and businesses closed and we're all being asked to stay at home. Now, on the Aviva podcast today, I'm joined by John Bernard. He is Director of Group Corporate Security and Operational Resilience at Aviva. Uh, Welcome, John. Thank you very much for joining us on the podcast. Hi, Ben. Um, Now, John, it's been your job to basically lead Aviva's response to the COVID-19 pandemic. Now, we're going to get on to everything you've done in the last 12 months or so. But right now, I'd like to go just back to the start. Um, When did you first start to hear about this thing called coronavirus or COVID-19? Yeah, um, uh, late December 2019, um, there was uh, there started to be some reports of uh, a new, what they call a novel virus, being reported um, in Wuhan. A lot of, nobody really knew where Wuhan was in, until that point, um, and they were starting to see an, an increase in, in coronavirus, um, which has been shortened to COVID-19, which generally means coronavirus disease of 2019 um, and it was starting to be reported and the WHO and various other organisations started to sit up and take notice. Can you remember what you thought about it in those early days? Yeah, we, we, we take, we're very active in, in keeping a watch on, on what's happening globally um, and you know new, new viruses do pop up quite a lot um, um, but when the when the Chinese took um, the actions that they took um, in January, the Chinese tend not to overreact. So when when they took the actions that they took, um, uh, it it started to make me think this potentially could be something bigger than just um, Wuhan and just China. And then you started to see some chatter going around from the ECDC, which is the European Centre for Disease Prevention and WHO, and it started to gather momentum. It made me think this potentially could have um, a larger, wider impact on society. Can you give us a time frame for that? Was that maybe into February, maybe, that you started to think this was going to be serious? So the end of of January is when the WHO, the European region, um, implemented what they called COVID-19 surveillance. That's some really starting to pay pay attention to it. Um, We're seeing European countries start to report cases. And then on the 23rd of January was when Wuhan City got locked down. And now that that was all travel in and out of Wuhan was prohibited and movement inside the, the city was restricted. And at that point, I thought this is actually going to be a big issue. And and that's January. Okay. 
So, I mean, I've, I've myself have come up with a brief timeline of activity. This is going to sound terrible because I'm going to summarise what you and your team have done in a year into about four sentences. But for the sake of the podcast, we'll go through it. So correct me if I'm wrong anywhere. So February 2020, you and your team implemented a travel ban or restricted travel anyway between Aviva offices. And that's Aviva offices in the UK. Then in March 2020, I mean, Aviva offices were effectively closed in line with national lockdown. All employees moved to home working. We weren't obviously alone in that. Every business in the land basically did the same thing that could do it. Um, then during May and June, uh, you and your team started to prepare Aviva offices to be COVID secure, ready to reopen again, again to very small numbers of employees, though. And then during the rest of 2020, you were monitoring the ongoing developments, providing guidance to Aviva senior management, uh, that ever-changing government guidance as well, of course, as the, as, the, um, as the pandemic progressed. And weirdly, it seems to have gone full circle again, because come January 2021, and you were back to closing down offices to all but critical workers i mean that's a br very brief summary of a huge amount of work that's gone in, in in 12 months of all that is there anything that really stands out to you something that makes you take a step back and when you hear it summarized sort of just take a bit of a, a i don't know an intake of breath and go i can't believe that is something i've had to do in my in, in the sphere of my work yeah i mean you, you've you've mapped out very eloquently there. I might actually use that in other forums. <laughs> um, I, I think I, I think when the when the WHO declared it as a pandemic in March, and and by the end of that month, you will, the world was seeing, you know, more than half a million people infected and thirty thousand plus deaths. Uh, people started to pay attention really now. Right. And the, the, the challenges that we got around restricting travel and and, you know, things that really started to impact our colleagues mobility and ability to move, you, you have to you have to educate respectfully people that and, and at that time it was really difficult because we were very we've got a very active colleague base, as you know, we um, domestic and international travels required. So when you take, when you're saying to someone, we're going to stop that, it almost feels like you're taking away their liberty. Um, one of the things that really stood out to me um, as we started to go through that, and, and I think the the case activity in Italy was, for me, a turning point in Aviva, where we started to see the Italian regions locked down and case numbers increase. And Italy is obviously from a ski location, of a very active, um, a very active location. That, that was a turning point for me, and it was almost as though there was a, a mind shift in the business. Now, we, we got excellent support from our um, exco and, and senior leadership team to, to make tough decisions quickly. But when the Italian um, situation became very clear, and it was starting to have a bigger European impact. There was a mood shift in our colleagues and people actually started to listen to the advice that we were giving them and understand more importantly. And, and that's the key point is understanding why we were taking the decisions that we were taking. Um, I don't think I don't think any of us and would ever have thought at the start of 2020 that we would have to apply such pace and, and rigor to inhibitive controls. Um, but our people got on board with it, you know, and, you know, the, a fantastic collaboration from, you know, the, the, the PNF team and the workplace leads. And we didn't have to continually repeat ourselves. People took the message on board, 
understood it, needed a bit of clarification, and then got on with it. But I think when we sent the message um, to support Boris's go home message, that to me was a moment in time that actually stood still. I um, was in the city of London at the time, and I'd, I'd left the office. We were working through this. I'd went back to my hotel. Boris did his announcement. I went back to the office, mm. and there was nobody in the streets. And it was that to me was the moment in time when I thought this is real. It's um, it's sort of bringing back memories, and there are things like that. I, I you, the way you've just spoken, then it reminds me of that period in March, like the the first couple of weeks of March, where. And this is not just in the Viva. This is across the the country, across the world. I don't know if you felt like this. It was change. The situation was changing almost on an hourly basis. Like decisions were being made, and an hour later, you, people were having to look back and is that the right decision? Do we need to review it again? The pace was absolutely in, incredible. I mean, I was going to ask. You've got a, you've got a security background. You've worked in security a long time. Has any of your experience, your training, did it, did it actually prepare you for what you've been doing for twelve months, or, or, or is this completely new? <laughs> well, it is new. Um, <laughs> yeah. The last time I had a global pandemic, I wasn't alive. It was a hundred <laughs> years ago. Um, but I, I, I don't think that anyone can really be fully prepared for this time event, type of event. We, we, we all think we can handle it, but in truth, not everyone can, and, and that's okay. Um, you, you'll find strong leadership in tough times from people that you would never have thought would be up for it. And whilst you know um, professionals and, and groups of individuals, you, you train, you drill, you prepare as best you can for a lot of, of scenarios. But you know, and you have plans. But in reality, when when most of the plans that are on paper kind of go out the window when a true crisis hits. And you really need to have that ability to to flex your your leadership style, um, and you know that and that's where the leadership and the training side of things kicks in. Now the corporate world is 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 a very different world from other areas that I've got experience in, where decisions were made um, with you know, the consequence of your decisions would might be slightly different. Um, and the one thing that, that me and um, my team in Aviva have been focused on for the past three years was our crisis management structure and how we reacted to crisis. Um, and that that has allowed, that did allow us to respond a lot more structured than we may have been able to in the past. And that has evolved 100% better since then as well. So was I, uh, was I, was I, was I prepared no, um, but lucky enough to be surrounded by amazing people from all aspects of the business who were able to pull together and support us through this. And you pulled out that moment in time for you when when the full lockdown was uh, was announced and you were in London, sort of looking around the streets that are empty. Is there anything that you would also single out across the past twelve months where you would say for you and your team it was the biggest single biggest challenge the whole year? I imagine has been challenging. But is there anything you can pinpoint and say that? That bit was difficult. The difficult part is now, actually, Ben. Um, we, you know, we're. It's hard to find someone to talk to that hasn't lost someone or is worried about someone. And now, you know, we've been through. We've been in this nearly a year now, 
um, and a whole set of flexed and, and ever-changing controls that are difficult to keep abreast of and understand what you're allowed to do and what you're not allowed to do. And and as we as we get to this point where we're seeing the vaccination roll out and, and light of the tunnel, the tunnel's still long, the light is there, but it's a long tunnel. We, we, we're seeing what I call, and, and other people are referring to, a bit of COVID fatigue around the controls. And there's a, there is almost a, there is a compliance issue in, in some parts of society, which is fueling frustration in other parts of society. And then you get into that almost defiance mood where people are saying, I've had enough of this. And, and we've seen the, the demonstrations taking place um, and, you know, that just fuels concern. So this is the, this is the tough time. This is the point where we have a choice as society. We can either stick to the rules and keep each other safe and well and get through this tough point or not. And this will be another really, really, really challenging year. And I, I, I see 2021, it's a bit like a session in the gym. Right? Remember those who used to be able to go to the gym? Um, you know, tough to start with. Gets a little bit better in the middle of the session, and then need to be really cautious that you don't hurt yourself at the end. You know that that's that's kind of my rough analogy on it. Oh, you're going to steal something from my podcast. I might steal that from your podcast answer. I like that one, the the gym analogy. I'll take that one. And um, can you? It might be an odd question. Can you take any positives from 2020? Yes, I can. I can see. From inside our business, absolute collaboration of people that may not have necessarily come together on on something so on a scale like this. We've never had to come together. You know, we've we've embraced the challenge and we've addressed by default challenges that we would have had this year. Work, the work from home capability is is huge, for instance. Um, I've also seen people really start to understand what's important to them. Um, families coming together, communities coming together, um, which may not necessarily have, have done so, but also this, I refer to Aviva as our family. Right? And, you know, we, we genuinely see care and compassion and consideration for each other really rising to the surface. And I think that we, Wherever there's darkness, there needs to be light. And I think wherever there's, when we're faced into challenges like this, we need to have hope. And I think together we 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 really bring that hope to life. And and it's our people that really stands out for me. So, well, I'm hoping we might end on a positive. Um, I mean, no one could have predicted, even you with your connections back in January 2020, probably wouldn't have predicted what last year looked like. It feels like quite a dark time at the moment. We're in the middle of another national lockdown. Kids are home from school. People are working, trying to homeschool. Nothing's open. The weather's terrible. It's cold and it's dark. Um, how do you see 2021 playing out if you had to make some form of prediction? So I think if we if we do the right thing, now, we're, we're definitely seeing hope with the vaccination programme. 
if if we do the right thing now as society and we we stick to the rules, um, as tough as that is right now, but if we if we do that for a, just a little bit longer, then come the spring we'll start to see some relaxations coming in. We'll start to see some life coming back to normal. We'll start to see some reduction in controls. And as we move into summer, if we've done the right thing, we'll get our summer back. And that's my hope, is that we get into summer and we get our summer back. I do think as we then go back into winter, that this is going to be with us for a long time. And we will still have some of the controls around us for 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 years to come i think the wearing of face coverings will become a norm even when we've broke the back of this and when people we see people traveling and in public transport or in large gatherings i do think we will still see people um using the face coverings because it started to be ingrained now um but i do think that if we stick to the rules we will we will break the back of it this year got to have hope ben right We've got to have hope. We've got to have hope. I think we'll end there on hope. Uh, well, John Bernard, uh, you are Director of Group Corporate Security and Operation Resilience at Aviva. Thank you so much for your time and for talking to me today. And thank you for keeping everybody at Aviva safe as well. And if you want to know more about Aviva's coronavirus response, there's lots more information on the website, aviva.com.